0: Halloween forever.
1: Guys, what was the Giant Owls favorite band?
2: the who oh fuck
1: you got it <laughs> welcome boys and girls <laughs> that's the first time it's ever happened welcome boys and girls <laughs> forever i'm brian i'm Meg. boo. boo.
3: <laughs> that's the first
1: time you guys ever guessed my horrible pun that one, that one was a little bit of a layup it was um, honestly it.
3: i was literally not responding but i think you thought i was yeah <laughs> and hey worked out
1: yeah, well, we got it, guys. It happened it's after this it many episode, proud of that. It's a proud moment for me. We <laughs> got it. That's all I've really ever wanted, was hmm. for you guys to guess one of my shitty puns, and yeah.
2: and you nailed it. You could have also pulled the rug on us and said, no, it's the guess who.
0: <laughs> <laughs> or I could have just been like,
2: it's
1: smashing pumpkins, like it's not even a pun, you <laughs> fucking idiot. Um, guys, we be here. It is the last. Listen up. Listen up, get on in here, put your headphones, turn the volume up, guys. It's the last mini-sewed baby diapers of the fucking February, which means we are getting ready to do a little uh, showdown episode next uh, next episode will be in fact the march showdown so we're going to talk about that right quick
3: sidebar i now just think we should have added to the list of things people might want for patreon is is like asmr of like us just talking real
1: weird things just like to them getting real into them
3: yeah uh, yeah get a little groggy uh, on it I don't I don't have a voice for ASMR.
1: You could pull it off. You just got to talk really quiet and you got to kind of vibrate your voice like this. (laughs) Um, (laughs) We got some beers to talk about, too. But then after that, we're going to talk about a little flicky, which we mentioned in passing on the last episode. And then we got to talking after and we said, hey, why the fuck don't we just talk about this movie? Uh, Steve and I liked it a lot. Meg hadn't seen it. She watched it. She liked it. It's like a, a, a it's, it's like so. a weird role reverse. We haven't. I feel like we haven't talked about a movie we all liked in a minute. Um, <laughs> so I am uh, I'm excited to talk about a wounded. I typically fawn. do you not like things you guys like. That's They're true. You, you, we have established you have bad taste. Mm-hmm. We also <laughs> uh, have established. Uh, we have not established what <laughs> beers we're drinking. What's everybody be drinking? Beers wise on this beautiful weekday after you know evening. I guess not an afternoon.
3: Will my BBs? No beers. Ooh, I got beers i am um, i was a, just at a dancing gnome mm-hmm. and i initially was just like in my mind i wanted to grab one of their bottles mm-hmm. and somehow I was like i just want the dry stout and got got their um, um it's called gara vogue do i need to pose for that um dry stout it's pretty pretty oak you know pretty solid yeah
1: little dry stout action you know it is the season tis the season where everyone gives a fuck about irish stout all the time. i
3: just posted <laughs> about the the pints and panels like you know stouts and porters fucking thing and that was like got me real excited mm-hmm. about drinking dark beers and in general i do fucking love dark beers i don't love like high gravity stouts like steve like since- yeah. You know, thick boys. Yeah. I, like, I like I like my thin gals, mm-hmm. um, but I can fuck them up any day. Like if I see a porter on the menu, I'm gonna fucking fuck it up.
2: Meg yeah. drinks the Virginia Slims of stouts. <laughs> 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 you know what though? I do too because one of
1: our at at uh, Sly Fox, one of our <laughs> best beers. And frankly, I I don't know that there is like this is just shameless self promotion, but our dry, Irish, our dry Irish, our dry Irish stout or is a nitro stout called o'reilly stout and it's a 3.6 percent oh man irish I'm so stout now. that's so fucking good like i it's just it's i mean it's one of our top selling beers but it's like it's seriously one of the it's it's probably the best dry Irish style I've ever had. And I get to drink it whatever I want. So I'm very spoiled. Um, and it's three point six percent. You could drink a hundred of them. It's mm-hmm. so fucking good. Mm-hmm. I love me. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'll mm-hmm. drink Guinness. I don't, I don't care. I think Guinness is just fine, too, um, mm-hmm. especially yeah, if it's dude. fresh and shit. I,
3: but. I love all these things. Yeah. Yeah. I'm horny well, for porters I think that's like going stout so, you know I think that's just like what it is
1: Yeah yeah that's your porters. it's my
3: kink it's my yeah. kink if i if i meet someone who's like do you want to go drink porters together i'm like oh my god oh i thought you were going to
1: be like do, do you want me to do you want to watch me carry like goods from a, a ship to a to a merchant stand? Uh, uh, boo. <laughs> <laughs> <I'll boo>. guys, <laughs> shut up. Um, I hey. am drinking. Hey, guys, surprise, surprise, drinking a pilsner. Um, but drinking a pilsner I never had before. Uh, I grabbed a four pack of this when I was down in uh in Maryland uh, last week, and I am drinking Elder Pines. EP Pills. Um, It is... Oh, uh, I wonder what EP stands for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh. I haven't figured that out. I haven't cracked the code yet. (laughs) But it is from, um, yeah, Elder Pines Brewing and Blending Company in Gaithersburg, Maryland.
3: I feel like they have a missed opportunity. If they were, like, really into music, they could, like riff off of like you know the whole idea of like an mm-hmm. ep and stuff like that and like have fun creativity about like oh yeah this is like this is like some like kind of more music oriented like album art or something mm-hmm. like that they
1: actually do percent. have and i think that's because they they have a lot of metal themed um uh imagery mm. and this one is a little mm. bit less so but it's it's um it's got uh you know like a crest kind of thing a shield and then it's got a um uh some um like a malting rake and then it's got uh, a sickle it's kind of cool cool imagery on it and it's got the black can which i'm always fan of um the beer it's warming up a little bit uh no shortage of diacetyl um but i don't know if that's desirable because it doesn't say german or czech like sure it's it it I, I'm going to guess it's a Czech Pills uh, because it has more of like a, I think, sauce-focused hop character. Um, and in that case, the diacetyl is probably appropriate. And listen, we've sure. established this before. I don't mind a little diacetyl here and there. Um, we'll see how it warms up. But yeah, overall, be enjoying it, enjoying it. I grabbed another beer from them, which was a Norwegian-inspired uh, uh, Hellesbach. Mm-hmm.
2: Can so you we'll talk me through th-
3: that? That sounds like a lot of like things in one. I expected
2: farmhouse, and then you said hellesbok. I Helle get the Helle Spock. Helle
3: Spock, <laughs> but then you say Norwegian inspired. Are we talking like just yeast strain or yes. like um, um, additives? No, you know
2: the, the
1: yeast. I think they used the, uh, mm. um, yeah. t- the quack strain. Do you say quack? Are we talking quack?
3: The quack yeast. Quack.
1: I'm trying to do. It's like, it's like saying wort. Quack? It's like saying vort. Hawk. Vert. Mm-hmm. Uh, I say it. kvike. <laughs> I say kvike,
3: yeah. yeah. Say
1: um, I'm trying to give my, my best um um you know Viking accent there. Um but I, I think you should try better.
3: No, you try harder, yeah. Like, it's <laughs> not
1: my bag. Uh, my people are illiterate inbred mountain folk. So this is actually really on brand for you. I'm sorry that I don't hold up to your pristine white heritage mag uh-huh. um i'm sorry you know, scandinavians that I, be
3: scandinavian i'm, I'm like, sorry you know?
1: i'm you know uh eastern european jew mixed with mountain folk um <laughs> sorry we don't have your pure white aryan blood uh in any case um i'm interested to try that beer as well uh but i grabbed this one because i don't know what the fuck i just grabbed one was eating some dumplings so uh
2: steve what do you got no beer
1: No beer. What? No beer. Soju? uh, Why?
2: Soju. (laughs) Soju
1: Steve. Back
2: at it again. Oh my God.
3: Change the Hop Nation handle to Soju Steve, please. Soju Steve.
0: Back at it again.
2: Yeah. uh, You know, we talked about it last episode. I flipped a coin between a beer and a soju. Well, now I'm just doing the soju. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, This one is the Jinro Plum.
3: This was a time where you like flipped a coin, but then you decided to do the opposite.
2: Uh Yeah. I just wanted, I just wanted my plum soju. I just wanted it 13% and it tastes like plum. It's very Mm -hmm. good. Yeah. Oh my God.
1: I still haven't jumped into the, down the soju bandwagon. I think what we should do, um, guys, I, uh, I'm actually in the process of cleaning up and reorganizing my office. I also just finished, finished my basement. Oh yeah. You could probably see a bunch of shit behind me. Um, uh, and I just finished my basement. We, so we need, do need to schedule an in-person recording here soon. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and I do suggest that we get a bunch of soju and get fucking ripped. I'm
0: into
1: it. <laughs> yeah.
3: um, can we? Can it be like a mushroom and soju party? I think like... <laughs> that can be a you what thing. That must
0: be puking. <laughs> Your kids are
1: like, what is daddy doing? <laughs> yeah. Daddy's plucking his eyes out and vomiting. <laughs> um that's that's a that's a core memory uh, for the children
3: <laughs> <laughs> all right so Get we got different mood from someplace you know
1: yeah yeah oh where, where's where's this come from um I don't know you know it's hard to pinpoint I'm gonna say it's the time my dad gouged his own eyes out he puked all over the basement <laughs> it was wild
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man all right guys um we talked about De Beersie so now we have a little something we're gonna do
2: my dad um, gave up seeing for Lent <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: not like just like he not only did he give up seeing he gave up having eyes yeah. for lent um oh yeah guys we did we got to get ready for that we got to think about what we're going to give up for lent um i am getting i don't
3: do this christian shit though like i mean where do no, i know you me, guys uh, you I, both
1: i always give up something for lent everyone knows uh listen i'm not not a religious man um certainly not christian or catholic uh, any of those things. But I do always observe Lent um, and I do give up something every year. Um, last year I gave up, was it last year I gave up painting self-portraits the year before that <laughs> I gave up uh, I don't know. I mean, I'll think about it. I'll think about what I'm going to give up. I'm not I sure yet. I feel like
3: we're, we're like um, like associating this with things we just don't want to do anymore and we can get real lazy with it. Oh, no,
2: because <laughs> you know, I, I, like- <laughs> I've twisted it the other way in that I give up not going to church for fish fry.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah. And then I go to the church for
2: fish fry during lunch.
1: Sidebar,
3: we, what we fish should do the best. is yeah. actually one of the next, next recordings, we'll go to burgers for their new fish sandwich, and then we'll go record at your place
1: mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. drink a bunch
3: of soju. I Ooh. like
1: this. I like this a lot. I'm thinking full <laughs> stomach of fried fish. You know, it's good to pour mm-hmm. on top of that. So, soju. <laughs>
0: um, I also uh,
1: I, I maintain that the best thing Jesus ever did was fish fries. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm all on top of that. I used to live in Wisconsin. Those, them motherfuckers love a fish fry, and they do it real nice. Um, and but they they don't love when you come in and insist that you pay extra for them to take the Jesus out of it, which I yeah. do do on occasion. How much is it? It's 1099. All right, I'll give you 12 bucks if you just take the take all the, the child molestation and whatever bullshit you guys are into. You out have of to it. just
3: bring your own blanket to cover up all the Jesus uh,
1: yeah. memorabilia here. Hot sauce covers up all as much jesus as i can cover up <laughs> with hot sauce unbless um, this mess for me <laughs> can you unbless this mess please i will pay extra but uh yeah that man those, those guys they, they know how to fry fish
3: do you think they have to um like you know like with holy water like they have to whatever you have to do to the holy water do well no. they have to do that fry it to in anointing oil, oil? <laughs>
1: <laughs> they tried in the oil that they used to anoint the people I think, what does I, think that's what mean?
3: Makes, I don't know what that means being anointed me. with
1: oil or anything that was a thing that Jesus used to do that was like a thing you used to do you'd like wash somebody's feet and then anoint them with oil that oh, was like you just a like very
3: throw oil on them I can do that
1: I think it's more of like a bless them like draw a little cross on their forehead in oil or something or, okay. or well, whatever yeah. so and then you wash their sure. feet I just, just want to make sure thing. the
3: oil is like holy that's mm, all mm-hmm. I care
1: mm-hmm. about So I want to sure it's good it's good
3: it's
1: good it's good it's good oil <laughs> it's good oil solid oil you know what you know what they do fuck up consistently not every single fish fry Besides. but most of the fish fries specifically coleslaw oh um, yeah it's always I'm super sure. wet either super wet or they do like the Italian style with the oil which is like get the fuck out of here yeah I like that okay but not with a fresh fry. come on get your shit no. together <laughs> Yeah, it's seriously just like a literal fucking bowl of mayonnaise. Which I love mayonnaise as much as the next guy, but come on, it don't skip bark. on the cabbage. Yeah. It's the cheapest fucking food in the world.
3: What um, other sides can you get? Sorry, again, I, we talked about it on the last episode. You know what, LG. Meg?
2: You know what, Meg? Ask that next episode. We, we've got we've got so much to do and talk about. We've <laughs> yeah. we've got forty days. No, of, we've got, we've got, got forty days of Lent, Meg. Yeah, it goes into s- March. We've we got plenty of time. to talk really about it. We
1: four episodes. This is just in. our Lent
2: teaser episode yeah. guys I know guys, all I'm you really boys and girls I want to out there. understand
3: Christianity better. Nah you're We're, good. And okay? we'll help
2: you all through the season and we'll give out like our best fish fry recos I but you know we gotta move on. Yeah. I
3: need you guys to deliver me a fr- fish fry that's <laughs> what I'm <laughs> asking. <laughs> deliver your soul
1: to the to, to the god of, of fishes uh, which is of <laughs> course
3: <laughs>
0: Jeebus.
1: Um, Alright guys let's get into uh, our showdown episode um picks for March. Uh, (laughs) For those of you who are new to the podcast, once a month, first Monday of the month, we do a showdown episode. We get a whole bunch of topics, a whole bunch of suggested topics. We put them on this big old spinny wheel. Steve spins at some bitch, and he throws three of them out there for us. And then I put those onto social medias, and Steve does too, on the Twitters, and I do it on the Instagrams. And then everyone goes and votes on which one they want us to talk about for that month. So our social media friends and listeners, not only do they suggest some of those topics, but then they get to pick from the tree. Once we have that topic... We each pick a movie, excuse me, associated with that topic, subgenre, whatever the hell it is. That's where we is now. The topic, if you did not listen to last last week's episode, uh, and if you're new to the podcast, first of all, fuck you. Uh, second of all, welcome. And third of all, we're going to each pick one of these movies we're going to talk about during a showdown, and then we're going to vote, we're going to fight, and you know, someone's going to get the shit beat out of them. Meg's going to come out, she's going to you know, sprinkle a bunch of tacks on the mat. Uh you know, someone's gonna get launched off the, you know, off the stage into the grave, um, you know, in the in the buried alive match. Um, you know, maybe we'll go backstage, break some plates, that sort of shit. I was watching some um Mick Foley highlights on YouTube recently, so I got all those matches in my head right now. Um, in any case, someone's gonna take home. That motherfucking strap, that shoulder candy for the month. Meg is the defending champ currently.
3: Two months so, in a row. Two um, months in a row. Please remind the people.
1: Yep. So I will defer to her to tell us what her movie is first.
3: Oh, Meg, what's your movie for this month? You guys are so cute. What you are you going to do? You guys so fucking cute. What are you going to do? Let me explain mm-hmm. to the audience You're what's explain happening. you what, what movie you picked? So we recorded on Sunday <laughs> and decided the topic. We're now recording on Tuesday.
1: Sure, sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. To, this is all uh, behind the scenes to, stuff, guys. Yeah, <laughs> like you're
3: getting you're getting behind the scenes shit because mm-hmm. I'm heading out of town, you know. Mm-hmm. And the guys put me on the spot here. I didn't have a movie ready. Nice so what fucking go-
1: <laughs> job. Okay.
3: <laughs> um. What's interesting about this topic is that it's both of the guys already have movies in mind. I got like three. I was going to say I got like seven. Come up with a movie. I am going to be a gracious champion right now mm, 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 mm. what I'm going to do is I'm going to let them choose their movies first yeah mm-hmm. I'm going to let Steve go first because he's okay. being less of an asshole uh-huh. <laughs> I see I say Meg
1: I say Meg should should, uh, 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 should should abandon her belt it should be up in the air <laughs> what, do like,
3: I, what
0: do they call that what do they call that when
1: somebody like the I'm also
3: more behind no. the scenes things is that Brian wanted to give me a movie And I call bullshit on that. Yeah, chance. But
2: now you're going going to vacate your title.
1: Yeah, vacate.
3: That's what I'm looking for. So I'm going to let them choose their films, and then I'm going to choose a better
1: film. This is like the equivalent of like during like a boxing match if somebody doesn't make weight. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like you gotta you vacate your title. It's a non-title match.
3: Just, just I will keep reminding you that I currently still have the title. Actually, we should. no, no, we're not changing the rules right no, no. now.
2: <laughs> we, what we should do is like veto if Meg does pick a better film.
3: Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Sorry, Trust guys. I still, I still reign supreme. I still call the shots.
1: All these
0: asterisks.
1: Please. All these asterisks. You're going to need to do not you know forget what? this. The, the, the topic, if you didn't listen to last week's episode, is hungry for horror, which is like <laughs> food slash uh, slash like restaurant or whatever type of horror. Um, Meg, you should just do the same thing you always do. and Just pick Chex's Chainsaw again.
2: <laughs> <laughs> just
1: back-to-back weeks, do Chex's Chainsaw. Um, you
2: can do, you can do the 2003 one this time.
3: I, I don't want you to undercut how good of a movie selector I am.
1: You uh, are an absolute piece of shit. Because right now... You just claimed to be a good movie selector. There was one thing you were supposed to do for this episode, which is select a movie. You didn't do it. (laughs) You could have came on here and said Mrs. Doubtfire would have been better than what you actually did, which is nothing. It's all
3: part of the process, Brian.
1: All I part say of the you vacate the title. That's what I say. Anyway, this is unprecedented times. mean, you can times. try. I mean,
3: you could you could ask, and I'm just gonna say, <laughs> oh, buddy, no, that's not homework.
1: <laughs> like I gotta submit it. I gotta submit an appeal to you via mail, like yeah. certified mail. Yeah. <laughs> There's literally three of us, gonna be of us, and two of us agree,
3: and then I'm still going to be like, oh, buddy, no, it's not what we do.
2: This is this is like this is like asking the cops to investigate themselves. <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> this sucks this is fucking corruption this is yeah. corruption
3: and it's at the
1: highest levels so um,
3: i can i mean the guys were like you can record something after i'm okay i almost want it to be a surprise it's
2: mm-hmm. not I mean, gonna we be we a could, surprise because the audience needs to know what they need to watch so well, and also it
3: can't we'll be a surprise because gotta watch they, it
2: oh yeah fucking god <laughs>
3: Let's take a step back and stop interrupting the champ. Thanks. I appreciate it.
1: If you were here, um, I, would cup, I would cup a fart and throw it right in your face. <laughs> Hell yeah.
3: The guys will know what we're going to watch. Yeah. Maybe I'll announce what I'm going to watch. And all of our followers should now follow me so they can send <laughs> me suggestions directly. You know Megan from the Black Lagoon. That's what this Instagram. is all about.
1: This is all about just getting more
2: followers. I see,
3: guys. You know, this is me.
2: Whatever. We're uh, we're pushing past you. You're yeah. you're you're oh, lagging behind. 20. You don't have the movie. No, you
3: guys. You guys like were coming at me. I had to defend myself. You know, <laughs> this is just how this works. Right. Um, I all don't. Right. I don't feel defeated right now. I feel. I still feel like I have control. <laughs>
1: sure it's just just like, it sounds so much like you're talking yourself into something <laughs> <laughs> it's like who are you talking to yourself really Yeah. you know right. my
3: self talk is real strong mm-hmm. you know I'm a very mm-hmm. confident confident person that's fine so.
2: and I'm sure okay. she's like swaying some of the audience to believe her so <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'm sorry that I'm likable Steve hmm,
2: hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, what's the movie, <laughs> <your> movie Steve? <laughs> yeah. The movie I'll be picking is 1999's Ravenous. Ooh,
1: that is a fucking flick.
2: Yeah. love that movie. Starring, I, kinda,
1: I totally forgot about that movie a yeah great one.
2: a lot of people do and it like i haven't heard a lot of people talk about it but it's just like a movie that i've loved for a long time mm-hmm. uh stars guy pierce robert carlisle and brian's favorite david arquette Ooh, <laughs> hot shit um
1: he uh uh yeah i i wouldn't say this is old west horror. this is like frontier horror i guess more mm-hmm. right yeah Such yeah i mean an underappreciated like, subgenre
2: Like it would be the loosest of connections to the Donner Party. Yes, if you're wondering what the food connection is.
3: (laughs) Got it. Yeah. So I see Western cannibal film.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. People are
3: real hungry during that that period.
2: Lots of hungry in this movie. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: I had my movie picked, picked, done, signed, sealed, delivered. But then I started thinking about what, uh, like a couple other movies, and I was like, well, maybe I should do I'm that really too. You're already
3: bored. You should just spit out what it is. Spit out.
1: I am going to <laughs> stick with my original choice, which is 1980s. I've been wanting to talk about this movie for a fucking long ass time. 1980 Kevin Connor flick, Motel Hell, boys and ghouls. We're mm. talking fucking Motel Hell. It is one of my all-time favorite movies, and really, it was down to two of my all-time favorite movies fell into this category: this or the stuff. Uh, and oh. then I feel like we talked about the stuff a bunch already on this show, like at various times. We mentioned
2: in our- it in a uh, in an episode that was just like kind of uh, a roundup episode of stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we mm-hmm. talked about that it, when yeah. we had a uh, was Louis, it the hunt? Yeah, Louis. Yeah.
1: Yeah, we had Louis from Haunted Hangover Remember talking about the stuff. I've brought up multiple times. You know me. I love my Michael Moriarty. Um, but I did ultimately go with uh, my first love, a movie that was one of the first horror movies I ever watched, which is Motel Hell. It's so much fun. It's so fucking weird. Uh, I'm excited to talk about it. I honestly, honestly don't even fucking care if I win. <laughs> I just am excited to talk about <laughs> Motel Hell. That it's is, a fucking masterpiece. That is masterpiece. definitely a theme for you. Yeah yeah at this point and like, I mean it, I
3: guess what keeps happening
1: if we go back guys I guarantee you I've won more than anybody else <laughs> <laughs> I have not done I the love, math I'm I am pretty sure love I love
3: how much you're like I don't care if I win yeah the moment you get called off, you're like I'm the champ. I fucking am one more than well, any of you. Well, so it's not I necessarily it. that I got called out. You get super competitive. I love it. I love Not necessarily that I got
1: called out as much as.
3: about you, Brian. It's so
1: difficult to, it's not that I'm like, oh, I want to be the winningest, you know, champ of all time. It's more that I I have a compulsion to call out your absolute trash bullshit. <laughs> mm.
0: So that's really more what it comes down to. Um,
1: so we'll see what we'll see what Meg comes up with. Uh, maybe she'll have a movie. Maybe she wouldn't. I mean, just the guys, listeners out there, just consider the disrespect. From the disrespect, <laughs> yeah. she's just wasting your time. The disrespect. If so, this has to go to
2: mm-hmm. another vote, mm-hmm. can see, take this take this in stride right now. Yeah, when you vote that Meg disrespected you. Yeah. By not choosing her movie. Yeah. I just have to pocket. call out.
3: I just, I just literally have to call out that both of you upon the last episode were like, I have multiple movies in mind for mm-hmm. this category. I did not.
2: Mm. And then
3: I also had a busy week or Aww. day because literally whoa. I had a day and a half to whoa. even put the work in. <laughs> <laughs> so day and a half I'm to just, Google. you know,
1: that's whoa. tough. I mean, because you got to get the Google machine out. You got to fire did, it up. You I did. Fill I up the did. Gas, I did. And I
3: machine. I did not machine. sit down on the Google machine. Yeah. At all, That's
2: also. Tough. But man, you knew trip. you knew the three categories far ahead in advance. So, <laughs> yeah, Brian, Brian and I. Was... I'm sure Brian and I were picking films. You guys for guys are different all three. film watchers. No, you guys are <laughs> also different film watchers.
1: <laughs> you guys, such a nonsense majority... thing to say. No, You're majority. Different You're different human beings. We do different things. We have different habits. You guys right. have
3: much more experience. Nine times out of ten, you guys already have a few movies in mind for any topic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You girl just, is still like learning. She's still like just consider out what she likes. now. She's playing the sympathy you know? card.
1: Now she's <laughs> no, playing I'm the sympathy card. I'm just a dumb a boi- baby. I don't know anything. <laughs> I'm just a stupid baby. Oh, cuckoo, cuckoo. I just pooped my pants. I don't know movies. <laughs> The disrespect, <laughs> the talking down to the audience. No, that she, that I you're what I'm really
3: hoping for is that I mean our Second audience ago, is awesome. She was like, "I'm the champ." in my
1: ass, and then she's like, "Oh, I
3: get the wiggle." To you specifically, <laughs> to our audience on the other hand, who yeah. um, have been awesome, and I have some people who follow me on the IGs. Send mm. me suggestions. You know, mm. your girl needs suggestions of things
1: to watch. Poison the well. Poison the well. Boys and Girls. Great band. Thro- great band. Thro- Throw it out there first. Give her some absolute garbage. <laughs> throw her something that no. looks good in the like in the pre in the in the 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 synopsis, but then has a bunch of like like I, think... I was going to say incest, but she's probably going to pick an incest movie <laughs> anyway.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Just do Steve's something. In
3: this, Steve's in in that camp too now, so. I only dabble. I only dabble. (laughs) dabble. Steve's
1: Steve's just incest curious. Mm -hmm. Meg is full on incest sexual. She's culture. She's the culture. (laughs)
0: She is the culture.
1: (laughs) Meg is the culture of incest. She is the culture.
2: Um, All right, guys. We need to cut this off. It's at this point Meg was called away to save her burning barn as her horse Midnight Barbara had kicked over a oil lamp. (laughs) All right, Meg's gone, guys. Let's
1: talk shit right now. The disrespect
2: the fucking pure
1: unadulterated disrespect she has for you as an audience here's what i would like for you guys to do and she's not going to know we did this but when you listen to the episode you're going to hear me telling you this give her some bullshit movie but really play it up insist that it's like an underrated gem that we're going to be like oh my god i can't believe we forgot about that movie but then it's like super racist or something like that <laughs> <laughs> like something that's just gonna really reflect bad on her as a person
2: mm-hmm. yeah
1: give her or just give her something that's not even or yeah <laughs> Yeah, but it sounds like it's horror. Yeah, Ah, really. uh, I like that. I like that. Um because she's but also yeah. super racist. <laughs> yeah, but also like super racist or like of <laughs> incest, something like that. But really, really hang her out to dry on this one. This is gonna be this is gonna be great. All right. Listen, while we're waiting for Meg to come back from kicking puppies or whatever the fuck she does, we are going to talk about a little flicky from 20 and 22, um, which I think. Correct me if I'm wrong, Steve, was a Shutter original or Shutter exclusive or something exclusive. That when it came out? Yeah, was it was, it was exclusive? a little sh- Shutter exclusive, um, which is 20 and 22's A Wounded Fawn. Um so, uh, just just a little bit about this movie if you haven't seen it already. Uh, so, first of all, directed by Travis Stevens, and I'll read a little quick synopsis uh, at the top. This is the IMDb synopsis because it's it's pretty good, um, and and quite concise. A serial killer brings an unsuspecting new victim on a weekend getaway to add another body to his ever growing count. She's buying into his faux charms and he's eagerly lusting for blood. What could possibly go wrong? That is a great synopsis to me because it only explains the setup and it doesn't explain the absolute fucking wildness that this movie goes down. And and I love that this movie takes some big old fucking swings, and and in my mind, kind of kind of pulls them off pretty well. Can mm-hmm. I
3: just like start initially too? Like again, my first watch, mm-hmm. um, and I feel like there's still like I would I want to see this movie like at least one more time, probably multiple times. Mm-hmm. But it like I initially was. Was mildly as triggered as like watching possession. Like, I initially got some possession vibes because mm-hmm. I thought they set it up really, really well. Um, almost having these contrasting lives of like, we get to know, um, his name is Bruce, and then I forgot the woman's name, but we get to know her side of things, and then all of a sudden they're connected. And, mm-hmm. um, like, having knowing she has this like traumatic past with the relationships this movie sets it up really really well to feel super tense because you don't know what's going to happen when's going to happen but you have an idea Mm -hmm. what's going to happen the whole time um Mm -hmm. i I will just say like from the beginning i i fucking it hit like not to mention i don't know if you guys mentioned the score already but the score fucking
2: yeah the score fucks Mm -hmm. fucking
1: yeah yeah it It stars um sarah lind which you probably will recognize i i i definitely recognized her from um uh uh i'm looking uh, jacob's wife which i watched you know fairly recently um she was also in something else that i watched i'm trying to look and see what that might have been but i'm i'm distracted because she's in a movie which i don't know anything about but the movie um, oh shit okay it's a music video i got excited because i'm looking at an <laughs> mdb and it says a place to bury strangers colon my head is bleeding and i was like what uh, the fuck is that okay. <laughs> that sounds sick my um, head is raining yeah but oh, that no. is <laughs> but that is not uh that that is not um that's not it uh that ain't a movie but uh the oh wolf cop that was the other thing i do oh, okay wolf cop.
2: and yeah, then yeah. so i have a one degree uh, connection to her that i did not realize all right because i've seen wolf cop but i didn't remember her from wolf cop but mm-hmm. uh i looked on her imdb and she was in a little film in 2017 that i did some ghost writing on Ooh. for Ooh. their uh, uh uh extra features Okay. Wait,
3: so I have a sidebar question of, yeah. like do you have like a ghostwriter's name or I don't know how that works, but
2: No, you're not supposed to ghostwrite in film. I did it because I was getting paid a lot of money <laughs> <laughs> and I was very poor and desperate. <laughs> but I was actually getting taken advantage of by a very shitty mm. producer. Who I, fuck yeah. him. But I also needed money, but If you, I don't know, if you ever pick up the DVD copy of uh, the Humanity Bureau starring Nick Cage and Sarah Lind, uh, there's like a VR, there's VR features. Okay. And I wrote the VR features in it. Interesting. Yeah, well, wow.
3: that's cool. Well, now mm, a little check bit more it out. about Steve here.
2: Yeah. I've never, I've never watched it. So. <laughs> <one. laughs> <laughs> you never
1: even watched it. No. <laughs> it <sounds> Scri- good <laughs>
2: script was trash. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, if it's a Nick Cage like, movie I'm I've a never terrible of, it's probably go, garbage.
1: Go watch it. <laughs> um yeah so so uh the the other guy who's in this who i actually um when we were watching this the other night i was like i know this guy from a million things and then i started going down through and 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 kate was the same way she was like what do we know this guy from and um you know first of all we know him from uh 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 fuck what's jesus christ I know. I know him from college humor is what college i college humor is the ultimately mm. the thing that we that we determine scare me was the other okay. scare me was what what i was going to say scare me was is is great but um yeah i was like wait, I have not seen a lot of these things that he was in. And I'm through, and then I'm like, oh shit, I remember from a bunch of college humor shit and videos and
2: stuff like that. Yeah, um, yeah you see Josh Rubin on just like a whole bunch of stuff. So it's yeah. like you've seen his face a hundred times, you just don't remember why. Mm-hmm. And it's because you were watching fucking internet videos in 2010. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, he's been
1: doing he, it for a minute. He kind mm-hmm. of has
3: these like weird, uh, if anyone's like a fan of you, um, like Penn Badgley vibes, you know, just mm-hmm. even ju- like just as a character.
1: yeah Yeah. anyway he's fucking great Mm -hmm. um like and and you know most of the other things i've seen him in are like comedic um which he's obviously great at but this is a you know dead ass serious role and he fucking crushes it like holy shit Mm -hmm. i'm excited to see him in in more things um and, and Sarah Lynn, she's, she does a great job. Everybody, honestly, everyone, I think it's not a big cast. They all yeah, do a nice job. Yeah, I don't know do their nice background, job.
3: but I feel like in the sense of like what they were supposed to portray and like levels of nervousness to like psychotic breakdowns of sorts, like I think they do really well. I, though at times I will say oh, Josh uh, Rubin's character, Bruce, um, it felt a little awkward just a couple times, but I think still plays into his character I mm-hmm. you know, but I feel like I felt like Sarah Lynn did a really great job creating that tension with her um, facial expressions because I don't think mm-hmm. there was always just like a lot of um, narrative for that.
1: No, yeah, he played a he he played like the sociopath, obviously. Yeah. So he yeah. so you know he he I think he did a good job of of balancing between like charming but like uncanny valley charming where you're like yeah Whoa. i love the in between
3: yeah. and how much he was really good at gaslighting but mm-hmm. i think again played into my whole vibes of like wow this is reminding me a lot of possession in a sense of like you're you're like he did a great job doing that whole yeah. like you're you're just like imagining this type of vibe
2: well he like from the very first scene well not the first scene but the second scene where he after the art auction he goes to the uh, other auctioneer uh, representative, Kate, mm-hmm. goes to her house to kill her and steal the statue of Orestes and the uh, uh, Furies. Mm-hmm. So he has kind of like a nervous uh, demeanor during the auction. And then during this scene, he's got that, you know, sly kind of charmingness about him. But then he sees the big red owl and loses Mm -hmm. his shit so like (laughs) you know you he's automatically off the track but like sarah lynn she like not that her character doesn't have an arc but she is always on the same track Mm
0: -hmm. more or
2: less of just like somebody who's had a traumatic uh a traumatic relationship that she's gotten out of and then she's like very nervous and pensive and then like you know eventually grows from that Whereas like Josh mm-hmm. Rubin is all over the place because he has to be because he goes from somebody who is so delusional that he sees things to somebody who's so delusional with a head wound, which is yeah. <laughs> so, man. yeah,
3: I'm excited to unpack that a little bit because I am curious what you're you guys having watched a couple times and with your own knowledge. I feel like there's just so much in there that I probably miss and I'm like really curious to hear your thoughts on it. But
1: I mean, it's definitely like a lot of what happened. So, I mean, the first act of the movie um, is, you know, starts off with this auction for this, like, you know, high price piece of art, which, which Steve mentioned. And, you know, the, the, the character who starts out, um, you just said her name. Um, Kate. She, she, Kate, she, is bidding on the behalf of a wealthy client kind of thing um and then uh, bruce goes to her follows her back basically tries to do this whole thing where he kind of like you know disarms the situation by saying like i'm sorry i'm here my client wants to pay double what you paid and blah 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 and all this stuff and he's very like Non-threatening, you know, as much as a, non, like a non-threatening, enough. yeah, yeah, as, as non-threatening as a random dude showing up to your house can be. Um, he invites her in, invites him in like, hey, you know, we'll get them on the phone. We'll figure this out. She has no reason to not believe him because he was at the auction, obviously participating. I don't know that it's ever established whether or not he was actually. I, I took it as he was not actually really participating in the auction.
2: I, I don't know. I might have I been. I think it's he's participating in the auction, but he participates on his own behalf.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That, I guess that's like what I mean. He's not calling he, every, everyone Everyone right. there is a is a um uh. What do they call it when somebody is is a they, proxy? Proxy. They're all on mm. the phone with the their Archbier. their. Yeah. And so they're they are like standing, at, you know, sta- a surrogate was the word I'm looking for. They're like standing in as a um, as, um, you know, the person that's delivering the bids over the phone kind of thing. So, you know, uh, I took it as he didn't have anybody on the phone.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. I, f- I figure he's he's either trying to get art himself because he does have like some art collections in the cabin mm-hmm. and like that cabin is pretty pricey. So mm. I assume that he's like independently wealthy in some way. Yeah. That seems to I'm be just, the case.
3: I just feel like there could have been like a prequel. There could be a prequel sidebar. I'll make mm-hmm. a joke that I think he's just on the phone with Owl. I think that's actually the owl. So we didn't get to it. That's probably true. He's on
1: the phone with the owl, Um, which I just hear the owl just sitting there going like, "Who do? Who I I get a
3: sense, even just with, and I and I'm saying this based on like when um, Meredith finds the photo of the woman. So like, it almost feels like he could have at some point just been this like master manipulator. Like he is very charming in a sense, and so I think he's. But he still has this like sociopathic tendencies, where I feel like he probably um, has seduced many women and then just taken whatever like he's mm-hmm. yeah he's right. a con man or whatever yeah. the owl wants ultimately right. you know what I mean because um, this house seems to be mildly possessed or just like he's haunted. Um, like there's so much to digest in there. But yeah. I, I think about the house that I don't know if that would actually be his. Like, I don't know if I believe that right now. I yeah. think that he could have like inherited it from a girlfriend that he killed. Which right. is what yeah, I think a, is the growling um, blonde chick.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, mm, no, I think. Not the, her. No, it's Leonora. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's the photo. Uh, Meredith finds the photo of Leonora. Yeah. Who's like the Asian woman. And they're mm-hmm. posing outside of that house. So there's a good chance that he uh, he killed her to take the house from her. Yeah. And then and then he kills Kate and then he lures Meredith to that same house to kill her. Yeah. And
1: I also got the idea that he doesn't really spend a lot of time there Mm -hmm. because he doesn't know it. And he certainly didn't do his like due diligence to like remove the pictures of her and stuff like that. Right. So I, I think he literally like killed her recently or Mm -hmm. maybe yeah and and so like to the point where people don't even necessarily know she's missing or something so he can just go hang out at this house without suspicion
2: yeah you know what you're right you're right about that because there's the scene where the light on the patio is malfunctioning yeah Mm. and so like if he knew the house he would have known that light is weird yeah So like, yeah, so it's, you're, you're probably more right to
3: him. Like, but it could play into, like, I almost just don't believe his responses. Like they almost seem genuine to a certain extent, but however, I feel like there, he, there is like this sense of connection of like to like, Something there that just made it feel like he was just gaslighting her, like, "Oh no, it's no big deal. Like you, you're like doing this, that, and the other thing." Oh you know yeah, he mean?
1: definitely said like at some point she was like, well, "Why don't you know?" I forget what it was, and he was like, "Yes, I've had a good time when I come here." You know what I mean? He kind, of, mm-hmm. she kind of caught him off guard. But anyway, we're we're you kind know, of getting I ahead of what happened. I'm but sure. so he he brings her up here, and it becomes very clear that uh, because you've already seen him murder. Kate so um you know that that Meredith is is very much in danger right so it's just yeah. a little bit of a of a cat and mouse thing um you know Meredith is you know even before they go you see her kind of you know chatting with her friends about you know hey this new guy i'm seeing he's great and all this stuff so she's very much looking forward to this like you know she she packs up you know her 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 fancy undies like all this stuff (laughs) like like they're gonna have a romantic weekend on
2: classic classic gotta return them afterwards i uh i just wanted to point out a couple things in this scene though where she's talking to her friends Mm -hmm. so uh you're introduced to uh, Meredith in an art gallery. Well, first you get her at therapy, and then you get her at the art gallery with mm. her friends, and they're looking at a painting of the exact same depiction of what the statue was. Mm. Right. So you get a yeah. so you get a parallel through there. Although interestingly, yeah. the painting is mislabeled. Uh it's a, the one that's hanging is said it's from uh by Franz von Stuck, mm. which he did do a version of that painting as well. But it's uh, by William Adolph Beugeru, so I don't I don't know if there's a reason behind that. Um, But another thing,
3: it could play. Sorry, just I mean because there was like they do a lot of authentication at the um, the art gallery that they work at. That it could just be like even play into her mindset when she sees the statue because she like you know she knows the difference between what is like original versus what might be a recreation versus like what is in um, a replicate, you know, et cetera, et cetera.
2: I don't know. I guess, I guess, but the, I mean, the two paintings, if you look at them side by side, they're like completely different. So like it, like they're, I mean, they depict the same thing, but they're Mm. completely different styles and everything. Um, But the other thing to just point out in this scene is uh, her friend, Wendy is wearing a dress, in, it's like covered in snakes and so like mm-hmm. there's three of them and there's three furies so you kind of get this uh, theme already introduced mm-hmm. early on yeah. and yeah. like yeah. They, they make a mention of like wendy's like chasing killers or some shit like that which also puts her you know in league with like what the furies do they always are uh, about justice and punishing killers
3: yeah. yeah yeah no it definitely seems like yeah like this is all thematic towards around that
1: Mm-hmm. And yeah so she um uh you know so this is like you know they go up you know on the on the drive and you're already starting to get some weird vibes from him on the drive
3: i got a comment about this this is like where i might have felt like the most like what the fuck is happening besides the fact that she refuses just mention who he is to her friends that clearly these are things they talk about um whether or not it was like one of those things where he coerce the situation they'll be like let's just keep things on the deal blah 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 however why on the drive up is she asking questions that you might ask on like a first date i was just like this is all really fucked up like i i'm already just triggered for her being like you're putting yourself in this situation where like and i don't know why they decided to do that i do really don't because I feel like the way it seemed to be is that she's probably been hanging out with this guy, knows him well enough to go out of town. And she's like, I'm I'm going to go fucking get fucked this weekend. That's fucking mm-hmm. sick.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And then they're asking questions that you would ask on like the first or second date if you're getting to know someone. Yeah. It's it's setting did. it up in a weird way, whether or not that this is just an out of place context. I, it made me feel insanely uncomfortable for the situation. It made me feel mm. like she has no clue what she's getting into. Um, he Maybe he tricked her. Um, I, or maybe she's just really naive. Maybe it plays into that. No, I mean, they kind of
1: talk about that with the friends and I think the friends are kind of like, they really want her to get back out there. So it's, they're kind of egging her on a little bit um, and she's kind of I think... In her mind, this is a little bit. Yeah, it's fast, um, but it's also like I think she's thinking of it as like this is kind of an adventure something that I normally wouldn't do.
3: Yeah, no, I think that's the point, because like she basically told them she's like when there's something to talk about, I'll talk about it Mm -hmm. while she's also going on a weekend vacation with someone she doesn't know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, so they, they definitely, you can tell they don't know each other super well. Um,
3: it just didn't sit with me. And I'm not trying to make a point of this besides like that. It just didn't sit well with me as far as what the plot is either doing or there's something I'm missing as far as how this is feeding the plot.
2: No, I mean, you're, you're right in the way it's played out because like even on the car ride up, there's a lot of awkward, intense moments. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's just the way that you can imagine the the film essentially doesn't waste our time cuz this is a nice 90 minute film it yeah, doesn't yeah. waste <laughs> our fucking time showing us every encounter between bruce and meredith that leads up to them going to the yeah, cabin. We don't sure. see the meat cute we don't need all that stuff right. we do like- it right. so you can
3: just like do that by not asking the questions that
2: were asked right so because you already get the first scene where he talks himself into kate's house you can just infer that he's been able to talk himself into meredith's life mm-hmm. without revealing too much of himself but also coercing mm-hmm. her to go up to the cabin
3: Mm -hmm. And I think what is really, um, it feeds like the situation that, again, feeds my whole like weird possession um, reminiscent moments was like when she has to use the bathroom and he was just like, oh, we're almost there. Can you just hold it? And it's like one of those things, I think, especially if you're dating someone early on, you might be like, oh, yeah, no problem. It's not a big deal. Um, But he's clearly like very it's, it's a controlling moment. And, um, I think you can tell she feels off put by being told no. And then mind you, this is broad daylight. And then all of a sudden it's dark when they arrive at the cabin. So Mm -hmm. I'm like, I wanted to see a five hour, five hours later type thing at the bottom of the screen when they got (laughs) to the fucking cabin.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, um, you know, they have this kind of arrive at the cabin type of thing, and she's uh, she's just getting a lot of red flags and that sort of thing. So the first, you know, act, you know, the rest of the first act, uh, really, or I guess it's the beginning of the second act, kind of, when, when they get to the cabin, is, you know, they're going to have dinner and that sort of stuff. You know, he is very... Um, She's gotten a lot of weird feelings from him, you know, obviously noticing the picture of the 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 woman uh, that she doesn't know that's, you know, in the house. And she's starting to get these kind of ideas that maybe he's not who he says he is, um, you know, just so happens, you know, obviously bad luck for him. uh, Um, or yeah, I guess uh, no matter what, I mean, things were going to not necessarily go that great for her, but bad luck for him. She just happens to know the piece of art extremely well, right? Because he has taken the, the, the statuette or whatever it is. Um, and, uh, and, you know, plopped it on the, uh, on the coffee table in this other person's house and, Maybe he thought it was going to impress her or something like that. But she knows all about it and immediately uh, identifies what it is. And then she, he covers it up by saying, oh, no, it's a replica. And mm. then but she's an art expert, so she knows better and is like, that's mm. a hell of a replica. So she's you know, he's kind of he's just definitely a sociopath. Like he's he's obviously they're trying to portray that he's got these like uh you know narcissistic sociopathic tendencies which come boil right up to the top here in a, here in a quick sec but you can tell that he's not that great at what he does (laughs) like she's Mm -hmm. able to see through it pretty quick right Um, and
3: that's what i feel like it leads it a little bit to be unbelievable about the lead up to it but anywho i don't want to get too caught on that i know i am but i i feel like it's so quick and i think minorly it has to do with all of her experiences in the house being like you know, the jump scares, like she's getting haunted immediately. Well, I by think the everything. idea is she
1: shows up and she's she's feeling a little weird about the whole thing before they go. I mean, you could tell right. from her talking to her friends, but then. On the trip, she's getting a couple more red flags, and then once she gets there, she's getting a lot of different red flags, mm-hmm. but for him, you know, he's already got her in his web. like he's not really that concerned about keeping up appearances at this point because he knows he's going to kill her and you get these shots of him like being kind of you know filled with like his weird murderous bloodlust shakes yeah he's getting all excited but he keeps like telling himself like not yet not yet so it's like a it's like a cat and mouse thing is like the you know he's more of a uh, I would guess more like a process killer type of thing where he's like he wants the build up to the you know and even after you know spoiler alert here guys after he does kill her uh he then goes and and, and jerks off in the sink like he rubs one <laughs> out real quick solid. that was yes. a pretty solid <laughs> it's pretty solid that's not how I would describe it necessarily <laughs> but I think of
3: like, I mean but, it felt a little out of I mean I don't want to get I feel like we still have a little bit more to talk about but leading up to mm. that but that was like it felt a little out of place but I'm like it also reminds you that this is still him
1: Well, I think the idea is that he is he's a serial killer. Right. And he's Mm -hmm. also the type of person who he is experiencing some sort of like sexual release from murdering her. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the, you know, actual jerking off and like orgasming is almost an afterthought, almost like a cleanup thing for him. You know what I mean? Just like, oh, afterwards, I got to do this to get this out of my system so I can like take care of what I got to take care of kind mm-hmm. of thing yeah you know, it almost he almost treated Which, it like it was a chore like he was like doing it over the sink like it wasn't like he was you I'll know bring
3: this up more as like a question because I feel like again you guys have seen this a couple times you might have researched a little differently than I like did not <laughs> but like I and the more we talk about this is that w- especially like looking at it as an overall like serial killing situation that we see that the weird quirks we see the twitching almost like um he probably has some sort of mental disorder or maybe schizophrenic this is like probably my first thought and then we get more serial killer tendencies later on but like i don't know if they fully match up with even just like his verbalization of like later on when he starts talking about this, like it's someone else, but maybe schizophrenia could like totally just wipe out anyone's thought process to it and be like, this explains everything. I almost want Steve to like step in on this one.
2: uh, I would say because he recognizes it as something that's floating around in his brain. And like the, the one thing you always hear about is like how a lot of serial killers and sociopaths, who turned violent have always had like a head injury that are also just kind of unlocks them to do that. Mm -hmm. You know, I would say he probably had like a head injury as a younger person, which, you know, sent him around to bend and then he just Mm -hmm. like whatever delusion or whatever started associating, uh, you know, like probably started turning his intrusive thoughts into this other you know, it, it, this other thing, which I wanted to talk about for a second because I thought it was interesting. I, on the second watch, I did more research and I was like, why specifically a red owl? Mm-hmm. Because everything, everything seems to have a symbol and a reason. And so uh, Bruce is always seeing this red owl that tells him to kill. And the only thing I could actually really come up with was there is a uh, there there is an owl god of death from... The Peruvian Moche uh they are like they, they're like kind of like parallel with the Inca but it was like a it was a native tribe in Peru they mm-hmm. worshipped this owl god of death which was like also associated with the sacrifice and and the night obviously because owls do shit at night <laughs> so
1: that's a moving title uh owls do shit at night yeah um, <laughs> You know what I you know what I just thought like Was this a like So the owl is Peruvian mm-hmm. Would that would you say that The owl and Bruce are in cahoots Oh god damn you <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's way too quick to come up with that
3: uh, <laughs> Hey Fuck Brian yeah.
1: Brian
2: I, just, I
3: have, I have, Brian. I have Inca, something Inca for you Inca
2: hoots you get it
3: Inca, have, um, But it's an owl Brian I have something for you Can you can you let me give you my present. Yeah, go fuck yourself.
1: That was quality, and I don't even give a shit what you're you say. That was
2: fucking quality. It's too quick for like you're getting revealed some important details of. But <laughs> <laughs> now you just got funds
0: but, <laughs>
2: but yeah, I think I think I think it leads me down the route of like it's some sort of South American uh, uh, thing that he's attached himself to because there it. It's just a real quick shot, but they show like the owl's belt buckle or whatever, mm-hmm. and it looks kind of like an Olmec, or you know. Uh, I didn't so, notice that. Yeah, I, it's, I that. mean, it's just like one quick shot, but um,
1: that's the, the guy from he- Legend: The Hidden Temple.
2: Yeah, yeah, it just kind of looks like an Olmec on its belt. It's weird, uh, yeah. but yeah. So like, there's that, and then there's the mention of like he says like the these killings that he's doing in this cabin are the start of a new collection. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering if, like, the previous collection was kind of like this association with, like, the South American owl god of death. Because, Mm -hmm. like, anytime you search this, you just get, like, a whole shitload of pottery of, like, you know, ancient Peruvian owl gods, you know, Mm -hmm. and all their carvings and shit like that. So I wonder if, like, that was his obsession and now he's moved on to Greek, you know, art and mythology. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and 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 I mean, I would, and I I didn't know anything about the owl god or anything like that, but I'm trying to remember, and and I I guess I could probably Google it because I got a damn computer in front of me, but that makes sense with the victims, you know, because because I mean we're about to jump ahead here, um, but Meredith keeps seeing weird figures like in her periphery and then eventually outside the window and then she sees like this woman walk past and it's freaking her out it's frustrating bruce she's insisting somebody's there he's saying there's not so that's like almost the inciting incident in a lot of ways and if i'm remembering the uh leonora the character that you're you're meant to think i guess is leonora Like you could probably, again, I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Perhaps her like outfit that she's kind of wearing is Peruvian because um, the other one, um, uh, uh, Kate, she's wearing like a toga kind of thing, isn't she? So she's kind of associated with Greek and, you know, the other woman is associated with the Peruvian project kind of thing. Um,
2: No, I would disagree with that because I'm I'm just trying to pull this from my memory. Yeah, I know what you're. I know what you're saying, but I, I would disagree with that. In that, I just think they're all uh, representations. They're they're all representations of the three furies. Yeah, but so I guess just, that's why. Yeah, but they're just different, like stage representations. So, like mm. uh, I believe Meredith is representing uh, Tisiphone, um, and that's just like a kind of a classic Greek representation of like she has the mask and the wig mm-hmm. on. Oh um, yes,
1: the mask. I forgot about the mask. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: And then like the way Electo is depicted, especially if you look at the 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 statue when it's first presented, it's presented with like kind of this dog face and horns, which is mm-hmm. like even though it's all built out of sticks and everything, mm-hmm. you know, there's a good chance like that's what it was when, you know, those plays were first performed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and then uh, the other one uh, Kate is Megora, and I believe she would just like she's just in the nude, which is probably another way that those plays were performed. Wait,
1: mm. mm. so, was she? I thought she had like some sort of like white sh- like shawl type of thing. I'm I, again, I'm trying to pull this from my memory, from, you know, so I could be totally wrong there. But no,
3: she she like put the, she created something that she put on that she like wrapped herself in.
2: Yeah. yeah, like sometimes she is, sometimes she's not. Like she's she's naked on the stove. Mm-hmm. That she
1: definitely so, is. Yeah. There's a pretty wild scene early on where, like, yeah, Kate gets her first, like, kind of crack at him, so to speak. Um, which, you know, I guess we should probably say, you know, at some point, um, Bruce kills Meredith, you know, and, and kind of in a almost unceremonious type of way I would say
3: can we okay uh can we pause for this and talk about this scene then of like her killing versus then what happens next versus Mm -hmm. like because I almost like does she become someone that haunts him based on this like we're talking about the story of the statue and stuff like Mm that um or did she actually get away
2: I, I would say by the by the way the ending plays out that she survived and got away. Yeah, yeah. that that's what yeah.
3: I that's what I'm asking. because I, like at the same time she also becomes something that haunts him and this is like an mm-hmm. interesting what we're talking this is act 2. This is part of mm-hmm. act 2. Um where she becomes um the masked figure and right. she's like really trying to probe and like be like, why are you doing this? And he's just coming up with every excuse of like, it's not him. It's something else inside Yeah, of He him. keeps
1: passing off the blame and yeah. Which
3: I just found it interesting. And this is what I wanted to more so unpack and understand of what your guys' understanding was of this. Because mm-hmm. I thought it was super interesting because I was, I loved the scene. I was like, you know, we thought she was, she had gotten, gotten, which I love this. His claw you know choker thing i think that's mm-hmm. like an interesting weapon to use i don't know if there's any significance to that but mm-hmm. it's a really cool way f- to kill people
2: yeah um, i couldn't i couldn't find one like that's a it's it's a decidedly like asian because uh, y- you can find it both in like indian culture and japanese culture mm-hmm. i'm gonna say but it i couldn't tie just, it to the owl so it
3: also just looks like the claws i would get to tear apart meat you know when I, sure. eat, you know when was like <laughs> cooking chicken and making shredded chicken.
1: Um, That's weird. That's <laughs> fucked
2: up. I've I've seen I've seen that on TV trash. So yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. y'all know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. I I was hoping. Yeah. I I mean I it's it's pretty much one step away from murdering somebody with a slap chop. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> Just
0: put your uh,
1: face in the slap no. chop, punch <laughs> it a bunch.
3: <laughs> no. no. So what? Like when she then wakes up. So like up to this point, I'm like. Everything is reality. Like, mm-hmm. she wakes up. She's some. She's like, fuck you. I'm going to fuck you up. Everything after this point, almost, I start questioning. I'm mm-hmm. like, what is reality versus what is not? Because it almost seems like it's through his lens and what he's experiencing, obviously. Mm-hmm. But we start getting weird, surreal things about his head wounds. And he's clearly like, it almost feels like he died right then and there. And sure. then we're getting some sort of scene and I um, I don't know like but then the end scene that we keep talking that you talked about like that brings me back to that I'm like the reality is he actually didn't die and she didn't die either and yet she was able to kill him you know type thing I don't know yeah
2: Yeah, I I think that's what it is it's just the fact that like again because he he already has these delusions and brain problems it was just exacerbated by her caving his head in Mm -hmm. and it, it I, I really like this turn because up to that point, all of the panic and unease is on is on Meredith. Like yeah. we're experience we're experiencing everything through her as like this, uh, like just panic attacks and upset you know, just. Yeah, red Correct flags and everything or whatever yeah. yeah. Well yeah. also yeah. like
1: the embarrassment and the there's like the social anxiety around yeah. her being freaked out and the tension that that creates and mm-hmm. but and then, then she it, yeah then then shit just goes south for him real quick. Yeah. yeah. And then we're seeing and then we switch from his and everything basically after that.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah, it's yeah. interesting too.
2: Yeah, it's an interesting turn. And then like the tension the tension still continues to rise even though it's switched who the who the character is experiencing it. You know, it was mm.
3: interesting to me and I would be curious what your guys's, you two specifically felt because I almost felt like that last act. I felt so much less tension, but I think part of it again, me is just the viewer associating my own feelings. And you obviously know what I'm bringing into the, the, the into play now, but like, mm. I find it interesting. You felt like it kept a building where I felt like a little bit more dissociated from it. Well, well, I had no connection uh, to it. And, um, but I can understand in ways why it would in theory build.
1: I mean, so it's a revenge movie, right? So like I, it does follow a little bit of what you expect from a revenge movie in that the last act is essentially, like the
3: downfall of catharsis. sorts. Catharsis.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's, it, but it's ultimately like the torment of the abuser the
3: a little bit, you know, Yeah,
1: but, but, but the, the buildup is like the, these movies kind of all go a little bit the same way. This one, is kind of turns those tropes on their head a little bit, which I think it was by design, obviously, but basically what happens in a lot of these revenge movies is, you know, something horrible happens in the first act usually get, you know, if it's, let's say it's a subgenre like rape revenge movie, which there's mm-hmm. tons of them out there, you yeah. know, it's like, you know, Hey, you know, some guy, he's not that bad. He's kind of weird. They trust him. Then, you know, he abuses someone, does whatever, kills somebody. Uh, and then ultimately, um, you know, the last act is him getting his comeuppance mm-hmm. and then, and then maybe there's a quick turn of events and then he ultimately gets his ultimate comeuppance, which is being killed or maimed or doing mm-hmm. something like that. But it's usually physical, you know, physical retribution that the, mm-hmm. that the offender is getting dealt to them. And this is emotional and potentially spiritual supernatural. Mm-hmm. Um, and, so so the revenge in this instance is coming from, um, you know, the the main protagonists of the film, but also the other entities that he has killed.
3: And we don't totally know, I think, throughout it, what is actually impacting him, because I think there's this sense that Meredith well, is involved. Ghosts. Be- yeah.
2: yeah, it could be ghosts like- because Meredith was seeing ghosts, essentially.
1: Well, I think it was. And I, and I took it as because it was specifically Meredith and it was specifically and and I, I I think I disagree with you guys that that Meredith survived I I don't okay. think she did um I think basically the this is how I took it and and this is vague so this could be totally wrong but this is how I took it is the characters that his already his victims right basically um from beyond somehow infiltrated his life and set the actions in motion that ultimately resulted in their revenge. So they knew him as, you know, as his victims, they, they know what he's susceptible to, you know, how they can lure him, that sort of thing. So ultimately, you know, Somehow we don't know this stuff, but Leonora and and Kate in the, you know, afterlife, if you will, um, you know, put together some sort of plan and basically said, we need to reach out to whoever his next victim is going to be and set the 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 cosmic, you know, dominoes up to ultimately get our revenge and 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 her revenge you know mm-hmm. cuz it's like mm-hmm. he's not going to stop killing until we intervene from beyond the grave type of thing. I hear um, you.
3: I hear you. The only thing that I think so that last scene that clearly if you like just kind of let it play out and I kind of did for a minute just mm-hmm. was like him stabbing himself in the neck um mm-hmm. was very theatrical. It felt very like a very theatrical moment. Mm-hmm. I feel like I would fully agree with you. If somehow they set up that final scene like all of his victims are watching, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like that would make me believe more that we know exactly that this is completely kind of in his head. It's mildly paranormal. Everyone's dead at this point. I would have, I would buy into that. Whereas the scene almost feels like this moment where he's being tormented and Meredith... Is alive and she just gets to watch it. So yeah, that's, it's the only, a, it's, it's, that's the only. It's, it's it's a weird thing. That's and I question. I even question my own opinion on it. And I, yeah. I appreciate your perspective Here, on it. That's the only reason why I might believe that she's here's,
2: here's 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 why she's alive. Here's why she's alive. Because throughout this, he's being tormented. And he's being followed by these ghosts and all these ghosts are in costume. He's essentially living out a Greek tragedy. Yeah. And it's all very theatrical, like Meg is saying. Up until the point that he does start stabbing himself. And, you know, uh, uh, Meredith has removed her mask and her face is all bejeweled and has like this, you know, ethereal quality about it. And then it hard smash cuts to just her wearing a fucking tarp. And a duct tape bandage around her neck. <laughs> like she's, oh, she's,
1: I forgot about that. Yeah. You're right. Because I was imagining, uh, I remembered the scene with the, with the, uh, 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 yeah, with the bejeweled face, the bedazzled face mm-hmm. and, and, and her sitting there and and it's shot, you know, I think the whole thing, Steve, you would know this better than me. It felt like the thing was shot in 35 millimeter, 16, like. 16 millimeter yeah, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was very I kind of like so, that too I'll just make a note about that mm-hmm. yeah it had yeah 16 millimeter it had this very um and especially that scene at the end where he's laying there you writhing around stabbing himself it was very dreamlike mm-hmm. um so that's what I was thinking of but I totally forgot that it does cut to her and she has the bandage on her neck yep yeah I totally forgot about that scene
2: and like the the whole time up until that point with the exception of some other scenes like Mm -hmm. the scene where they're sitting at the table together and he's kind of or she's interrogating him Mm -hmm. the rest of the time she's playing it out as the character to where she's Mm -hmm. just kind of yelling out liar thief killer liar thief killer you know that's that's like a greek tragedy thing but again Mm -hmm. in that in that smash cut she is just like fuck off like it's such she does say that it's just a straight up and down thing you would say in 2022 Yeah. And then she watches him writhe on the ground. And he, like Meg said, like in his mind, he's playing out this Greek tragedy of he's being, you know, harassed by the Furies. And Mm -hmm. he's like trying to get them off of him, even though he's stabbing himself in the neck. And Mm -hmm. she's just watching it out. And it's broad, stark daylight. Mm -hmm. He's, you know, he's just rolling around in the mud puddle. So at that point, we're seeing reality Mm of she's alive, watching him kill himself. We're no longer in his purview, which has been, you know, harassed by these ghosts. Like, mm-hmm. I th- I think you're right, Brian, when you say that the ghosts of Le- uh, Leonora and Kate have decided to balance the scales mm-hmm. and help Meredith, but also she lives. So,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. I totally forgot about that scene at the end, which which definitively says, like, she she is alive. Um, but, yeah, I I, <laughs> it's how it begs the question how, what does Meredith think is happening in that moment? Like, has she been brought into the fold, you know, with the Furies, if you will, like, Mm -hmm. because she was questioning him. Yeah, Like
3: she somehow has this universal knowledge almost.
1: It feels like. Yeah. And she was sitting there when she had the mask on and, and she was interrogating him. Why did you pick me? Is there something different I could have done? Like, all these things. Could she be...
3: like? Is there some combination of what she's already lived through? Where she's already thinking, like, how do I keep falling into this, like, thing? Mm -hmm. I I don't know. Like, she does have this essence at the end of, like, this universal knowledge where she understands and also has a control and power. But it plays into the revenge angle as well.
1: So, is it, like, is he... Did did the did the other dead women bring her in and be like, all right, huddle up. This is what
2: we're gonna do. You know what I mean? Team, team, team. Yeah, yeah. I,
1: that that's the part that's confused, and I don't think you're supposed to. You know, I, I like that they don't kind of spoon feed it to you in that way. Yeah, but yeah, like, but I mean, was she, she, she dead for a while? Like, was she dead? Was she? Well, in she the was. Afterlife? Attem- like,
3: he attempted obviously to murder her. So I think like there is this sense that she then was given input that Kate, she got insight into Kate. A little mm-hmm. bit that she was f- missing, so now all of a sudden this woman that she may or may not know from the the industry of sorts is there. um So I, it almost like I can see the pieces coming together a little bit how she could bring it all back together, mm-hmm. and then maybe the owl is. I, <laughs> I don't think we talked to this like could the owl be the person who owned the house? Like, so she's almost like the base and the foundation to this a little bit. I don't I mean, nah. That is a wild no,
2: no. suggestion. I think, it, it, I think it's the, the, the creature you see that has like the branches and the horns. Oh. I know that, I know they look kind of similar, but I'm pretty sure yeah, yeah. that's supposed to be Leonora. Because okay. that's, I, I believe that's Electo in the Furies mythos. So okay. she would also be, Yeah, I just don't think it ever takes off the mask to show her face. Yeah, I think, yeah,
3: those are interesting confusing. I guess
2: we're also probably assuming
1: that during the time that we're seeing things mostly from Bruce's perspective, I guess I'm assuming that that's how Meredith experienced it, too, which is not necessarily the case. Right. You know, Meredith ultimately facilitated putting him in this vulnerable situation where he could be overtaken in some capacity by Mm -hmm. you know by them um i guess that's also assuming that there is in fact supernatural things that are happening here Mm -hmm. whereas it could you know one could argue that the head trauma from her bashing his brains in um facilitated all of the hallucinations and confusion and and ultimately even him stabbing himself i guess to some extent Mm -hmm. although that seems seems pretty extreme but like could be the case yeah it could you be know, combined with yeah. his al- already weird state you know yeah. so
2: because he's he's so ingrained and knowledgeable of this fury's mythos that yeah. he knows in the end that orestes is to kill himself mm-hmm. and be punished for the murders mm-hmm. that he's committed so he would just yeah. follow through with it to follow the narrative um yeah and like y- it's, you're, it's cool you, you yeah, you could be right about that, Brian, that like there is nothing supernatural happening because like we see mm-hmm. him fight the stove snake. And then yeah. like there's another hard cut there that reveals that he was never being attacked. Mm-hmm. No, you, so, the
1: pipe is, you know, the stove pipe is right back there. I wonder if hmm, I I'm trying to parse this out in my brain. I wonder if. I tend to lean towards the fact that there is something supernatural going on because the ultimate punishment that he experiences, which we didn't really get much into it yet, but it's not just a physical punishment and it's not it, it it's not even just an emotional punishment. It is a complete and utter undressing of who he is as a person and all the things that he believes and his his delusions that have he's used to to justify his actions for so long Mm -hmm. they they turn all of those things inward in an extremely like emotionally devastating way Mm -hmm. and it seems um unlikely that even in his deepest psyche
2: he would do that to himself right Mm -hmm. yeah as a narcissist and a sociopath (laughs) he wouldn't do that to himself
1: yeah, so I think they had a hand in it in that in that way. I like
3: that. I like that thought too. Um I think what this movie does really well and I think it's cool is like us being able to like dissect it a little bit more yeah. is that like we clearly could deduce this very simply and like go along with the Greek mythology along with the story of the statue and be like all of the answers are right here. But I think mm-hmm. what it does that's really cool is that it brought in like clearly more so just like a lot of mental shit where where Mm -hmm. we're talking about trauma we're talking about, I I literally think it could be whether we're talking to sociop, like a sociopath, but like, I think he probably has schizophrenia too. Like I really think there's something related there. Um, Mm. But then it brings in this element that we could believe that there's like something possibly possessive satanic involved, you know, like Mm -hmm. a satanic entity type thing in like, Causing him to do all this stuff, and um,
1: I Satan's, think all Satan's the, cool. He wouldn't do this shit. <laughs> but, <laughs> Satan wouldn't dress up as an All these layers have <laughs> similarities. Like is
3: really what I'm getting at is that I think mm. all like all of these stories that we are like that we hear through whatever avenue we. Prescribe to you know you guys obviously have some religious background you might have like some connotation of it you, someone might have background in understanding Greek mythology you might have some background in it. it's like it, it's a it's a cool fucking story mm-hmm. is what I'm yeah. really trying to get at is like I love the layers to it and that I think we could probably keep continuing having this conversation and like keep breaking down each one of these pieces and find different things that we would interpret it as
1: hey, here's how here's how to do vague hmm <laughs> You know, in stark contrast to the Outwaters that we did last week, which was vague with with, that left you nothing to think about almost Mm -hmm. Um, until we heard
3: Steve's story about the fucking show. We're like, okay, cool. Maybe there's something there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But like that just I mean, unless you know about that, I had like I watched it and was like, listen, I can make some assumptions about this, you know, but anyway, you know, I think this is just a, 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 a stark contrast between like. Not particularly well-executed and extremely well-executed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah.
2: and, 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 and like they, you know, we're talking about the Outwaters from last week, but yeah, they have like incredible similarities in the fact that it's built on folk tales, essentially, you know, the the desert people folk tales and then you know the greek mythology but then they both mm. have head injury main characters
1: yeah, that's true the head yeah. injury thing yeah I, that's a I whole just, it's a whole subgenre of horror we should go after is head injury horror yeah i just yeah. i
3: think what i love about this and that i was maybe mildly touching on is that i think there is so many more similarities to the experiences they just get told through different lenses all the time and i think mm. like whether like i'm speaking from a non-religious person all of these things like end up getting retold and retold and retold through different lens. And it's all tells the same fucking
2: story. Well, mm-hmm. guess what, Meg, you'll be happy to learn that part of Lent is appeasing the blood owl. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hell yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs> so does that, is that what ketchup represents
1: mm-hmm. on the, yeah, that's what, mm-hmm. that's why ketchup is on the, um, you know, the fish fry table. It's Mm -hmm. it's it's kind of like Seder in that you know everything is represented. Everything on the table has symbolic um, you know meaning, and in this case, it is uh, yeah, ketchup is the you know the the blood owl. It represents the blood owl. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, just like what I call my period. Blood owl. The blood owl has come.
3: I love how disgusted
0: Steve got when I said that.
1: (laughs) That's a great. That is a great word for it. The blood owl has. The blood owl cometh. That's a good. The arrival of the blood owl.
0: (laughs) Arrival. That's even better. Sounds like a Black Dahlia murder
2: album. Yeah.
1: (laughs) The arrival of the blood owl. Anyway, you guys. All right. Any anything else on? Um, I got I got on, one.
2: I got one more yep. little thing because it's something yep. that stuck out to me. Steve always when has I, one more little thing. I do. That's 20 minutes long. No, it's only 20 <laughs> minutes long because you keep fucking interrupting me. <laughs> fair. That's fair. Uh, no. The, so the scene where the two weird workers uh-huh. cut off the blood owl's head and it's like a weird brain uh, rib cage underneath. Oh, Oh God! I forgot about that. That's a I, sick so scene. It would really,
3: like literally remind me of Psycho Goreman. I don't know immediately.
2: <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, it looks very Psycho Goreman, but uh, yeah. it it. I saw this on Twitter when I first watched the film when it first came out. Mm. It's actually a reference to a Polish movie poster for the film Alien really for, yeah for whatever reason and i know people have seen like those fucked up posters from poland and africa where yeah. they just draw what the fuck ever
1: yeah and it's just like it's freddie and he's like riding a tractor and yeah. there's like a f- bird swooping down like yeah. yeah
2: for whatever reason the polish poster for alien is that exact thing Underneath the blood owl mask, it's it just. Cool. Uh, but yeah, shout out to I oh, guess man. Cave of Colt, if they ever I mean, happen really to talk listen about to
3: this. Who like who did this movie? But I feel like like with talking about how it was filmed, there's like so many really interesting, like artistic moments. I mean, just you bringing that up, like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's not surprising. Yeah,
1: yeah I, I I just took it as um he you know they were they were doing like it was a physical physical visual representation of the complete undressing of his belief system right and it was like the ultimate in psychological torture because they were taking his owl that is the driving force behind all the things he does and basically just just dismantling it yeah
2: yeah, I mean, you know. yeah, that's what that's what it's supposed to be visually, you know, metaphorically is what you're saying. But <laughs> but, it,
1: but it's based on that Polish thing, yeah, which yeah, I would end But they just never picked never that as imagery. Knows. It's
2: just yeah. a weird thing. Um yeah, Travis Stevens, I assume you saw Jacob's wife, Brian. Yes. Yep. I didn't. Um, but I did see Girl on the Third Floor, which was his movie yeah. before that. And uh I affectionately refer to that movie as the house that came come. <laughs> uh, if you see it, you'll know why. But I'll, I'll watch
1: it. I watch. It's no got CM Punk Jacobs. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I, now I don't know how I feel about that because I'm not a big <laughs> CM Punk fan. But I, I, uh, I, lo- I watch Jacob's wife, which is good. I really like mm. it because it's Barbara Cramp. Right. I assume that's knows, why you that, watch that, it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I watch anything with Barbara Cramp. Actually, has a, a couple of my favorite, uh, it's got Larry Fesson in too, oh, cool. which are t- two of my uh You know, performers. So.
2: I'll get to it eventually. It's just, Mm -hmm. you know... I got a bunch of things on my plate. I got stuff. I got things. Yeah. I get it. I still, still haven't watched, watched got Hon- Flex Gourmet. We got Hong Kong movies to
1: watch. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you haven't watched Flex Gourmet yet? Still haven't. Yeah. No, that's fine. That's cool. Yeah. Flex Gourmet. I feel Gourmet. like you guys have it's f-
3: conversations without me and I think you need to start sending me more movies to
1: watch. Flex Gourmet. Get on board. No, it's a, it's a really weird, fun, like avant-garde, like not even pure horror necessarily, but it's, it's a cool movie mm-hmm. and really weird and I liked it a lot. Um a weird sneeze fit over here yeah you're having issues (laughs) (laughs) like you're just having a fucking fit um (laughs) anyway so uh, final thoughts anything else to to add to the mix here on a wounded fawn No, i just i i would
3: for sure explore it again personally about Mm -hmm. to sneeze again i i wish um we probably spent more time or i did more diving on the music and the score because it was brilliant and um i think really aided the movie a lot like helped it yeah. a lot
1: yeah excellent excellent uh score and yeah i uh i don't know just a really fun flick i
3: thank you for suggesting it i genuinely really really enjoyed it um, you know
1: steve reminded me of it actually the yeah. uh, on the uh, last episode so i was like i'll watch this again i'm like hey let's fucking do it so
3: it's fucking solid it is really really a solid movie um and, and like and it, uh, it coming out just like last year, I was a little surprised. I was just like, I somehow missed it.
1: Yeah. All right, boys and ghouls, that was a wounded fawn from 2022. Definitely check it out. Stream it. I watched it on Shudder, I don't, I'm, I assume it's other places as well. Um, but uh, it was a Shudder exclusive or Shudder original, I'm sorry, early on. Um, but I'm sure you can catch it other places now. But hey, another example why you should probably get Shudder, they got a lot of good stuff on there. So, mm-hmm. um, all right, and don't forget next week's showdown episode go watch uh, Motel Hell um <laughs> absorb that then steve remind us what your movie is then go watch ravenous <laughs> then go watch ravenous then fuck yourself as far as meg's concerned um because that's what she basically to told
3: you the audience when i'm watching <laughs> yeah um, um and because uh, that's what that's Sweet how babies. she feels about you Megan um, from the black lagoon super easy to remember
1: Message mm-hmm. me if you have guys, any. If you have forget, suggestions, guys, don't, don't forget what we talked about. No, you, you guys. All right, we're about. Wing, for the Halloween is forever all crew. The time. I'm
3: Brian. I am Meg, who is always underrepresented in this show. <laughs> um, send me some love, y'all. <laughs>
0: I'm so juicy. Underrepresented.
1: This is, I'm sorry, I stepped on soju steve but underrepresented is absolutely untrue. What
3: are you talking about? I don't even know what you're talking yeah. about. Alright, fuck you guys.
1: Bye.